Space, the final frontier. This is the Observer's Notebook, the official podcast of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. Its mission to explore the solar system, to seek out new observations and data, to boldly go where no podcast has gone before. And now the host of the Observer's Notebook, Tim Robertson. Welcome to episode 65 of the Observer's Notebook Podcast, the official podcast of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. I'm Tim Robertson, the host of the Observer's Notebook and also the coordinator of the training program within the ALPO. I want to thank you for downloading and listening. The ALPO collects and analyzes observations of various solar system bodies and associated phenomena and publishes detailed reports concerning these bodies in its quarterly publication, the Journal of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers, also known as the Strolling Astronomer. This podcast depends upon donations from you, our listeners, to keep it alive. If you like what you hear in the podcast, you can donate to it via Patreon. You can give as little as a dollar a month. If you feel even more generous, for $5, you receive early access to the podcast before it goes public. For a monthly donation of $10, you receive a copy of the Novice Observer's Handbook, which is the official handbook of the training program. And for $35 a month, you receive producer credits on the podcast and a year's membership in the ALPO. You can help us out by going to www.patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Observer's Notebook. You can join the ALPO for as little as $18 a year. For more information, you can visit us on the Internet at www.alpo-astronomy.org. And, yes, we're also on the Facebook. Just search for ALPO Astronomy in that upper little search field. And the podcast has a Facebook page as well. Just search for Observer's Notebook. If you enjoy what you hear on the podcast, please subscribe. That way you'll never miss another episode of the Observer's Notebook. And now, Astronomy Day with... Gary Tomlinson. All right, I'd like to welcome everybody back to the Observer's Notebook podcast. Today we're talking Astronomy Day. Uh, and with us we have Gary Tomlinson from the Astronomical League. Welcome to the podcast, Gary. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, now, Gary, before we get into it, why don't you just give everybody a little bit of background about yourself, where you're from, that type of thing. Where I'm from, well, let's see, I'm originally a Hoosier. I currently live uh, near Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, currently, I'm located in Alamo, Texas, because I like it where it's warmer. I hear you on that, yeah. yeah. Now, are you retired? I am. Okay. I've been retired for a few years from the uh, Public Museum of Grand Rapids, Chaffee Planetarium, located, in, as I said, in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Okay. Uh, what did you do at Chaffee? I was an educator, uh, working with a lot of school groups that came in and adult groups and general public. One of uh, three curators there at the planetarium at the time. Okay, and how long have you been with the Astronomical League? The silence you hear is called thinking. Okay, that's perfectly fine. I've uh, been the Astronomy Day coordinator for... Over 35 years. Oh, my God. And if, if, if I'm correct, you won the very first one, right? Uh, the award, yes. Yeah, fantastic. So you made you were the perfect person to run the thing then, right? Well, somebody thought that. <laughs> so what's the goal of National Astronomy Day? The goal is to bring astronomy to the people. Actually, that's the theme of Astronomy Day. 
Um, we wanted to have special events. The difference between astronomy day and other things, you know, people have been doing open houses at observatories or trying to get people to go to the planetarium or the science center was to take astronomy to the people as opposed to getting people to come to the astronomy such that at a later date you could interest the people enough to want to come to astronomy and to the observatory open houses. That's very good. Yeah, in this day and age, I've seen the evolution of amateur astronomy dwindle. It's going, it's going the wrong direction. What are you seeing as the coordinator of Astronomy Day? I'm seeing the same th- same thing. Um, I see that in, in many social activities. Astron- many astronomy clubs are, are dwindling. I'm involved in square dancing. The same thing is happening in square dancing. Uh, I think bowling is uh, another you know, just social events or just where people get out and not sit in front of the computers, is, they're all having a hard, difficult time for the most part. And so hopefully Astronomy Day is something just to pique the interest in kids and young adults to maybe use a telescope. And older adults, too. Older adults, too, right. Yeah. Now, when did Astronomy uh, Day begin? 1973. Okay. And who thought it up? A um, person by the name of Doug Berger. Oh, was, okay. Kabashi you know Burger, Doug? Kabashi Burger Melon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's Comet Seeker. Yeah. yeah, Doug Burger, yeah. Yeah, he was president of the, Astro- uh, the Astronomical Association of Northern California at the time, and he was the one who came up with the idea, well, let's not make people come to us, let's go to them. And so they set up uh, telescopes and street corners and parks and Shopping malls, that's something we don't see too much more anymore. I don't know why. I guess it's just so hard to get uh, people into shopping malls to do exhibits and displays. But that's a wonderful place because people are there. Now, was he part of the Sidewalk Astronomers? I don't know. I met him uh, four or five years ago for the first and only time, and I didn't ask him. Okay. All right, because I know they started that type of event back in the 70s as well with John Dobson and things like that. I think, well, my memory is not too good, but um, I, I think that he possibly was. Okay. All right. Now, who's, does, does uh, the Astronomical League have sponsors for Astronomy Day? Well, we have uh, 14 organizations oh. that co-sponsor Astronomy Day. Oh, my goodness. Uh, do you, can you recall who they are? Uh Yes, because I've got them written down right in front of me. Perfect. Why don't we give them some credit right now? <laughs> okay, of course, the Astronomical League. You've already talked about that. The Astronomical Society of the Pacific, the Royal Astronomical Society of Canada, the American Astronomical uh, uh, Society, uh, the Astronomical Association of Northern California, Western Amateur Astronomers, American Association of Physics Teachers, Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. How about that? I've heard of them. <laughs> you heard of them. The American Meteor Society, the American Association of Variable Star Observers, the Planetary Society, National Space Society, the International Planetarium Society, the Association of Astronomy Educators, although they're kind of dormant right now. In addition, the International Astronomical Union has endorsed the concept of Astronomy Day. We'd like to get their co-sponsorship as well, but... They're, as I understand it, a very political organization, and doing something like that is not easy. Yeah, okay. What about, uh, you have Sky Telescope as a sponsor as well? No. Okay. 
Right. Um, Guidance Telescope sponsor the award, but not oh, okay. of the of the day itself. Okay, they sponsor the award, so we'll talk about the award in a little bit. Now, yeah. what's the frequency of Astronomy Day? Uh, well, it's annual. There's a there's one in the spring and one in the fall every year. Um, uh, starting in uh, 2007, we started doing them twice a year. When I first took on the job, we wanted to figure out when to have Astronomy Day, and I did a survey of you know 20 or so astronomy clubs who were quote-unquote big into Astronomy Day and asked them when they wanted to hold it, and most of them said the spring. Hawaii said they didn't care. That's why it was good all the time. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, I should I should go back and and mention something about the uh, the formation of Astronomy Day because I should give credit to another person too that I that uh, he stopped by to see me the other day and I haven't seen him in years. Was Norm Sperling? Oh, you know Norm? Yes. Yeah, when he was at Sky and Telescope, he promoted Astronomy Day quite a bit and actually got it to go national. He was the, you know, actually the one who suggested me for this position. Um, and that's where I heard about Astronomy Day was at, through Sky and Telescope. And as you said, in 1980, we I chaired an event there in Grand Rapids, and we entered uh, the award and won. Um, so I wanted to give Norm a little credit, too, in promoting and getting Astronomy Day going. And blame for putting you in charge, right? <laughs> and blame. <laughs> yeah, if something goes wrong, I'll blame him. There you go. Now, it, the, uh, the actual date is it's not on it's not on the same date every year or weekend. It, it all depends on the first quarter moon, I believe. Yeah, it does. We 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 try to you know select it from mid April to uh, mid May and, and uh, similarly in the fall um, near the first quarter moon. We try not to we try to get it less than the first quarter moon if we can on a Saturday. Um, because the moon is so interesting to look at for general population. You know, if you're getting people who aren't interested in astronomy necessarily, who have never looked through a telescope, they're really interested in seeing the moon through a telescope. And then the moon's not so bright that you can't do some other sky observing as well. Right. Right, right. Um, what type of uh, activities or organizations do you see that get involved with Astronomy Day? Well, of course, astronomy clubs, uh, largely a science museum, observatories, universities, planetariums, laboratories, libraries, nature centers, they've all held special events to uh, to uh, hold uh, Astronomy Day celebrations in their local areas. Now, what type of uh, activities do you see them do? I mean, you talk about malls, indoor-outdoor malls. What type, other type of activities do you see that are popular? Well, of course, observing, daytime observing of the sun, each hydrogen alpha uh, observations, uh, portable planetariums, planetarium shows, you know, the mere grinding, comet making, lock, rocket launches, uh, they do raffles, moon rocks, meteorites. Raffle moon rocks? Uh, they don't know. <laughs> I want to be there. That's... Yeah. So would the FBI. Yeah, this is very <laughs> true, yeah. Uh, so those are the type of events they do and the, the displays. Are there booklets or handouts that you have available to clubs or interested groups that would want to be participate? The Astronomical League does not have uh, any handouts or, or 
booklets to to give out for the public. You know, they have to do their legwork, and and there's a resource guide for them to contact, like Sky Sky Telescope, uh, to get some what they will send or Astronomy Magazine or. Um, but uh, we do have assistance for people who want to put on Astronomy Day events. Oh, you do? Yes. Okay, well, give me an example of what that would be. Well, I can give you one example. It's only okay. one thing we have. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, we have a 77-page booklet called the Astronomy Day Handbook. It's free for downloading from the League website. Oh. Actually, it's it's hosted on the uh, Sky and Telescope website, but the League website got a link that goes right to it. Okay. Uh, it uh, It's a seventh edition. Uh, it was just uh, revised uh, last year. Okay. Um, All right. I will put a link to that in the show notes so anybody interested in getting that. Is, is it a PDF file? Yes. Okay. So anybody could download it and print it out themselves if they'd like. That's fantastic. Right. Now, are there nighttime activities as well? With Astronomy Day? Yeah. Oh, yes, of course. Most most of uh, Astronomy Day is at night. Many places only do nighttime activities. Oh. Uh, um, you know, if you do a shopping mall exhibit, uh, you want to do some daytime activities as well to have events happening the whole day. Uh, but many places just do observations somewhere, either at the mall or at the park. Uh, there's been more and more – I mean, there's been less and less of – bringing astronomy to the people, which I find sad. Uh, there's been more and more people trying to, well, we'll host it at, at the library uh, or the uh, nature center or some places where there aren't large numbers of people. I One time, they held it on a beach. There was big some big celebration on a beach, and oh, they really? held astronomy day right there on the beach, and I hope we, hopefully didn't get too much sand in the optics. Uh, but, uh, yeah. It's good for grinding the mirrors, but not, <laughs> not, not for after the fact. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> um, uh, so I know I live in Ventura, California, and years ago we we um, put a put on a pretty elaborate astronomy day, and I, and I think we won the national award that year. But we also worked with the local college here because they have an observatory, so we had our daytime event at a shopping mall which was people are going to the mall. <laughs> and so we yeah. already had a captive audience basically there. And then we had the a nighttime event at the local college. We promoted it during the day, and then we had like I don't know, 500 people show up at night at the observatory. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was probably 1996. That was it? Yeah, that was a long, yeah. long time ago. Yeah, that was fun. I enjoyed doing that. Um, we got to get more people to enjoy doing that. I, I, I know, and I, I, I've... I've I'm re-involved with that organization again, so I'm going to see what they're doing this year for Astronomy Day. Yeah. Now, if, if an organization or an astronomy club wants to do Astronomy Day, what advice would you give them? Get the handbook. Get the handbook. Okay. And we tried to put in everything in there we could think of and some resources for people. and um, So, yeah, get the handbook. Okay, well, let's touch on some of the areas. I think in the handbook it talks about a committee, For, forming a committee. What, 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 how would we do that? And what, would, what positions do you think a astronomy club should have? Because, you know, they're pretty limited in resources. You know, 10% of the people do 100% of the work. So how, how do you think it should be structured in that committee? I, 
I think if you sometimes if you ask people, they will serve, especially if it's a temporary committee as opposed to ongoing. Um, but trying to spread the work out so that that ten percent doesn't get burned out it would be a very good thing to do. Um, you know, those committee structures is mentioned in the handbook, which. I don't actually have a copy in front of me here because we're in an RV right now, oh, okay. and I don't carry too much with me. Um, but you know, just trying to, uh, a local coordinator for uh, you know the the chair of the event. Uh, you'd have observing uh, uh, officer, safety officer, especially if you're doing daytime solar observing, to make sure there's there's no any way for anybody to get eye damage. Um, you can have a kid activity coordinator. You could have exhibit coordinators and construction um, idea people. I mean, there's many ways to break up uh, the event depending on how big an event that you plan. Um, and when we did it back, you know, the first one back in uh, 1980 uh, at the shopping mall, we actually had two malls, one right next door to the other. That we had two displays, oh, nice. and we, so we tried to duplicate everything. That's nice. Um, now, setting up something like this and the materials, this sh- there probably would be some fundraising involved for the organization too to be able to afford the signs and printed copies of things as well. It's it's out. Some people work with almost no budget. Mm-hmm. Um, some people have have a astronomy day budget. Um, you know, we talked the we talked the mall into providing a signage and printing up posters for us to distribute ahead of time. Um, that's always a possibility, not likely, yeah. but a possibility. Uh, sometimes you can get a sponsor. Um, you know, if you, if you get a, a to manufacture a poster. Uh, you know, if you put their logo on there. Uh, that could be another way to get fundraising. Uh, and if you do fundraise, uh, you can even sell raffle tickets. Actually, one club actually gave away raffle tickets, uh, not raffle tickets, admission tickets to Astronomy Dave. Um, they didn't charge anyway, but they just gave out the tickets ahead of time and made people think they did. Uh, so they got a few people in. Um and and sometimes if you're associated with a larger institution like a museum or observatory or something, sometimes you can use resources of the parent institution to help in some fashion. You know, maybe they have equipment or materials that you can utilize for some kind of displays or personnel that can help. Yeah, that's, that's good advice. Now, uh, holding an event like outdoors at a mall, I know we had to get insurance or I believe the astronomically has an insurance that they offer or something like that? Uh, yeah, that came out of uh, Astronomy Day. Originally, we, we had to have a million-dollar insurance liability policy to to be able to uh, exhibit at an indoor shopping mall. Uh, many places are requiring that. And so the Astronomical League worked with an insurance agent to find liability insurance at a fairly reasonable price that – clubs or organizations could purchase so that they could have coverage during Astronomy Day. And other times, you know, you still need it if you have an observatory or you have an open house. If someone falls and get injured during your open house, you're liable then as well. Yeah, even at average star parties, it's good to have insurance policies if it's a club-sponsored event. 
In this day and age, yes. Yes, definitely. So the Astronomy Day Award, when did that begin? 1980. 1980. And, and how are entries made to, to, to you? Are you, are you, they send them to you, or? Yes, they they do. Uh, actually, in 1980, um, the award was sponsored by Edmund Scientific. Oh my! Um, oh. Yeah, and they did it for two years. Okay. 1881, as I said, uh, the Grand Rapids won uh, the 1980. We didn't do Astronomy Day in in 81. Uh, we did it again in 82. By that time, there was no award because Edmund had decided not to do it. So Edmund actually judged the award. Uh, that was another Norm Sperling thing, I think. Uh, got Edmund to uh, sponsor an award. And the purpose of the award was to uh, encourage people, encourage organizations to host an Astronomy Day event, as well as, you know, when you did a report on what they did, what they, how they won the award, that gave people, other people, ideas on what they could do next year for Astronomy Day. So it was to spread the information around. When I assumed office, um, this office, uh, I, I was able to reinstate the awards, financially sponsored by Sky and Telescope, actually Sky Publishing, in, in 1989. So between 82 and 88, there were no awards. But since 1989, there have been awards in one form or another uh, ever since. Um, now they're sponsored by... Uh, Sky and Telescope, the American Astronomical Society, and the Astronomical League, financially sponsored by, I should say. Okay, and what's the judging criteria for the awards? Um, well, there are about six. Oh. Uh, to to uh, to enter the award, all they have to do is fill out the entry form and, and email it to to me, um, and we take care of judging uh, originality, originality, originality in effort, effectiveness of these event, most pr productive use of local resources, uniqueness of the event, carrying out the primary theme, which is bringing astronomy to the people, uh, and carrying out any secondary theme that, that may exist. Now, the you know, I look heavily, judges look heavily at uh, people who bring out, bring astronomy to the people as opposed to the other way around. Uh, also, they look at... Um, if you cooperated with other astronomical um, organizations within your area, you know, if you involve the local um, college that teaches astronomy or the local science museum or planetarium, as well as the astronomy club. So if you're all cooperating and to make the event even bigger, that's viewed as a big plus in the judging criteria. See, now, over the years, you've probably seen some interesting concepts and displays. Can you talk about some of the more unique ones you've seen? Well, I don't get this. Well, I do get to see them. Some of the photographs that right. they, they send out. Um, well, let's see. Let me think here a little so, bit. Some that stand out to you. Well, some of the things that, you know, we give an award for best new idea. Okay. And, and using firefighters as a best new idea was one that comes to mind because really? they use, yeah, they use the uh, infrared cameras that firefighters use to detect fires and talking about spectra. Uh. 
so they they gave some practical uses of of non-visible light to uh and and they tied that into astronomy. That's interesting. What group do yeah. you recall what group used that? Um not off the top of my head. Uh, but I have a list of all the winners here. Let's see. Um, letting people pose for pictures besides a large telescope. Or working with a live jazz band and a buffet to accompany observing. That, these are just some of the a live jazz uh, band, huh? best new ideas, yeah. Uh, putting a, One of the most recent ones was putting an adapter on the telescope such that people could a- attach their cell phones and take their own astrophotograph. Oh, that's a neat idea. Yeah, that, that was. So We're still a, looking. Have a permanent record of the astronomy day. Yeah, and that people really enjoy that. Uh, uh, let's see. Who did the um, firefighters? Um, okay, it was uh, Long Island Museum of Science and Technology. Uh, Nassau County Firefighters Education Center, Cradle of Aviation Museum. Yeah. Very good. Well, kudos to them. I mean, get the firefighters involved. I love that. Yeah, that's, so there are some creative ways still after 30 years of doing this. Yes, you, people come up with new ideas all the time, you know, but uh, the old standards still, still work as well. Yeah. Put up a telescope, let people look through it, see the moon, the planets. Maybe a deep sky object, um, but then you can promote the open houses at your observatory and get the people you got hooked just now to go at a later date and come to you. There you go. But this is just a, you go to them first, get the try to spark that little interest in them in astronomy or your local club or something. That's great. Yeah. Now, do do entries for the award have to be members of the astronomical league? No, they do not. They don't even have to be in the United States. Astronomy Day is international. We've had uh, winners from uh, foreign countries. Uh, You don't have to be a member of the Astronomical League. It does not sway uh, the judging one bit. Fantastic. And what, what, you said there's six different categories for the award? No, I said there were uh, six different uh, criteria that they're judged on. There are, there are, um, Three primary awards. Okay, and they are? Um, winning for different population size. You know, sometimes, we early on, you know, we had the big boys winning all the time. You know, Boston, uh, Noreen Grice, when she was at Boston Hayden, uh, always did something. And when she moved to, to um, I forget where she moved to in one of the New England states. She just uh, retired from there. She's always done a fantastic job with Astronomy Day. Um, but, but you know, you know, we have different population sizes, different size clubs trying to do astronomy events, and we decided that it was kind of unfair to, to for, for all the Chicagos to always win or the L.A.s or places like that. So we have three awards for different population size, small, medium, and large. In addition, we have two secondary awards currently, uh, Best New Idea. Okay. Um, you can you can win the primary award and the best new idea, and the organization that does quality events year after year, as determined by previous previous entries into the uh, to the event. Uh, we wanted to reward them somewhat. Now the primary award is uh, one hundred and fifty dollars in each of the three categories. 
we scrape enough money together to to do that. And the other secondary awards are $50, $50 each. So we give away up to $550 a year. Well, that's fantastic. That, that I'm sure, helps out a little, a little bit for the astronomy club to reimburse some of their costs. A little bit. It might be nice to have, you know, like a $10,000 award, but uh, I guess we're doing the best we can on limited resources. Maybe someday. Get Elon Musk to sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hadn't thought about that. You know, the 50th, anniversary, 50th Astronomy Day is coming up in 2022. Oh, my goodness. So there you, you go after somebody big. Yeah. <laughs> hadn't thought about that. Appreciate the idea. Hey, no problem. Um so you said it consists of one hundred fifty dollars, and then fifty dollars for the other awards. That's correct. Great. Honorable honorable mention gets honorable mention and nothing else. But okay. uh, well, that's still to be recognized. That's pretty good. Now, do you have any other topics on astronomy day you'd like to discuss? Oh, um, I should mention that this year we have a secondary theme. We don't always have a secondary theme. You know, the primary theme is bringing astronomy to the people, but this is the 100th anniversary of the International Astronomical Union, so we're helping them celebrate that event. Um, let's see if there's anything else that I, I wanted to mention. Um, the fall and spring astronomy day, as far as the awards concerned, sometimes that's confusing because the award deadline is June 13th. Uh, you have to have your entries in uh, June 13th. And no one has ever asked me why June 13th. Gary, why June 13th? It's my birthday. Ah, there you, so you want to work on your birthday? <laughs> yeah, I always give people an extra day, but don't tell anybody that. Oh, all right, that's a deal. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. So what are the dates? Uh, we're, we're recording this uh late 2018 so we have uh, 2019 coming up what what are the dates for the coming year <laughs> i didn't print out that sheet I oh don't no think. <laughs> wait a second astronomy day fact sheet okay. all the, all this stuff is on there and that's also on, on the league's website and, and it does have the dates for the upcoming years through 2025 okay. so spring of 2019 is may may 11th Okay. Which unfortunately is Mother's Day. Oh, weekend. Well, you can bring them out, take mom out for breakfast, and then go look through telescopes. Yeah, we can have spe yeah special events for mothers. That's a that's a good mothers of all astronomy days. That would be great. And in the fall, it's October fifth. Okay. We we did uh, we started in two thousand seven, I think, doing uh, two dates a year because um, still some clubs were having trouble in. the having time in the spring to do something and they would prefer fall date. So we, we give them two choices to choose from. Uh, they can do one or both. As far as the entry, as I started to say, June 13th is the uh, deadline. That's after the spring astronomy day. So if you do a fall astronomy day, people are sometimes confused on, well, how can I enter the award? It's over with. No, you enter for the the next Astronomy Day award cycle. It doesn't have to be the, the spring Astronomy Day of that year. It can be the fall of the previous year as well. So there's one submission date for both Astronomy Days. Yes. And okay. to be truthful with you, if you have to do Astronomy Day on a different date, it doesn't make any difference. Okay. And the, those are Saturdays near a first quarter moon. That's correct. Okay. That seems a logical time to do it, though, as well. Weather permitting. <laughs> and, we, and we get a lot of places sometimes you know they're rained out or clouded out uh, and uh, they don't have much uh, much to offer that's why it's nice to have something to go along with observing uh, so that you can hand out 
kids activities or um, you know solar observing in the daytime should it happen to be clear in the day and not at night and uh, telescopes uh, under lights that people can look at as opposed to through or look through at something inside of a mall to, and talk about what the purpose of telescope is and because you always get the question how much magnification does that have how much power yeah yeah, yeah. and so you can do a lot of education as Great. well Great. Well, if anybody wants to get a hold of you to talk about Astronomy Day, what's the best way to do that? Probably email. My email's on the uh, League's website under the Astronomy Day homepage. Okay, I will put a link to that in the show notes so people can just click on that and get a hold of you. Now, the League website is, do you know the address for that offhand? www.astroleague.org. There you go. Well, Gary, I really want to thank you for coming on the podcast today, and hopefully we sparked a little interest in National Astronomy Day. I appreciate it, Tim. All right. Thank you very much. Okay. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the Observer's Notebook Podcast. I really want to thank Gary Tomlinson of the Astronomical League coming on today and giving us a little heads up about National Astronomy Day. I hope everyone out there has a chance to participate on your own or attend one uh, this coming April. We upload a new episode of the Observer's Notebook every few weeks. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. If you do, please rate and review us. I really appreciate it. And now you can listen to us on iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Google Play, Stitcher, Amazon, Echo, anywhere you can hear a podcast, we are available. You can help support the, pod, help support the podcast by donating to it via Patreon. You can give it to $35 a month where you will receive one year's membership to the ALPL and producer credits on the podcast. Podcast. And with that, I want to thank the producer of this podcast, Steve Seedentop, for his continued generous support of the Observer Notebook. Thank you very much, Steve. The link for Patreon as well as the link for the ALPO in the show is in the show notes. You can contact me via email at cometman at cometman.net or on Twitter at, at ObserversNBPod. Until next time, my hope is you always have clear and steady skies. Thanks for listening. <laughs>